Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Greta, arcade, bar, street food, downtown Edmonton. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's a game night at Rexall Place, reigning Stanley Cup champs. St. Louis Blues in town to play the Oilers. There's still a few tickets available. You can check it out at EdmontonOilers.com. Bob Stoffer with you. This is Oilers Now. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated 50-plus years. Royal Pizza, where the Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Visit any one of their 14 Edmonton and surrounding locations or go online for more information at royalpizza.ca. Twice a week on Oilers Now, we hook up with NHL insider John Shannon. Hello, John. How are you? Good. I'm just on my way to get a Mediterranean at Royal. So there, good, there, you know. See, you know how to make it work, right? We do the Roost Chris <laughs> at 1230 and the Royal at 130. So. <laughs> I, I, when you say, when you say, you know, his recommendation, the, the, the stopper recommendation, you know darn well it's got to be good. Yeah, well, it's, it's from experience. I mean, it's been, <laughs> I, I will I will tell you that uh, for the Bob Stoffers hate, haters out there, they can look no further than to Mike Hanley at Royal Pleat. Uh, pizza for blaming uh, uh, Mike as to why I'm on the air because uh, he put my Golden Bears <laughs> games on 20 years ago. So <laughs> there oh, that's he, funny. 20, that's tw- good. 22 years ago. Anyhow, hey, uh, there's there's a lot to get to. That's uh, uh, we'll talk a bit about some. Uh, well, you know what? We got the St. Louis Blues here in town. Uh, yep. Doug Armstrong winning a cup last year, but he did something really interesting. He traded for Justin Falk, and then boom, he signs him to a, a huge extension right away. Uh, Falk getting six and a half million times seven years. And suddenly, Alex Petrangelo, who's the Blues cat, like they got Pareko signed on a $5.5 million deal. Now they got Falk signed on a seven-year deal at 6 That's $12 million bucks on the right side. And Alex Petrangelo is a pending UFA. Um, I mean, were you a little bit surprised that Petrangelo wasn't the priority there? Well, I, I, you know, that's not to say that it isn't. I mean, I, I know Doug well enough that uh, he, he's trying to juggle as many balls as he can at one time. And you know darn well that at a certain point there have been discussions. Uh, and you know darn well, too, that uh, Doug has a really good feeling of whether Alex wants to stay or not. Uh, certainly the price point is important uh, for, for both sides. Uh, and I'm one of those guys that I, 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 whatever right now Doug Armstrong touches, uh, seems to turn to gold. Whether it's uh, you know on on the uh, on the ice surface or even on the golf course where he got a hole in one at Cabot Links this summer, uh, I just I just think that you know Doug knows what he has to do and and knows that Petrangelo is a long-term leader of this team, and I'm confident he'll get him done. All right, do you have the same confidence that Ray Shiro gets Taylor Hall done in New Jersey? That's an interesting one. Uh, you know, I, the question I, I think there more, and I and I think we've touched on this almost every time we talk about Taylor, is that it, 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 more so with this one, it goes to Taylor wanting to stay and, and how important it is for Taylor. You know, his agent, Darren Ferris, 
um, is one of the more mercurial agents right now. When you take a look at what Darren has gone through the last few years in Columbus with Josh Anderson and in Detroit with Athanasiu and and here in Toronto with Mitch Marner, this Taylor Hall, who, who you know, this is the second time that Darren has worked with him because if memory serves me, Darren was with the org group originally, and that's where Taylor was. Yep. Uh, so from that perspective, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, again, if Taylor wants to, then I do think that the, the Devils have the inside track. Yeah, and the Devils also have lots of cap space. and they Sure they do. And they had him totally uh, positioned, shall we say, uh, of all of their moves. I mean, we know they reached out to Taylor on P.K. Subban and Wayne Simmons, and, of course, they won the lottery and got Jack Hughes, then they went in and got Gusev. And, and their record's deceptive because they haven't had any stops, and they, they're finally starting to get a couple of their first two games of the road trip, and they got some wins there. But I do think that, uh, put it this way, if the guy's currently not, there, there's not a better defenseman in the league that's a pending UFA than Alex Petrangelo. And there's, right. and there's not a better forward in the league that's pending UFA than Taylor Hall. So until those two situations get resolved by their teams, they are going to be players that people are going to be keeping an eye on around the league, Jim, uh, John. Well, and we're going to, and, and you're probably going to see Darren Ferris in Edmonton later this week because uh, I think he's traveling west. He's going to meet with Ray Shiro at some point on the western trip to talk about Taylor's situation. Yep. Uh, and I, I think that that's, I, I think that's a positive in all this. I, I really do. And, you know, what, what, what Ray Shero has tried to do in so many ways is surround Taylor Hall. Uh, and you're right. They haven't got many stops. Corey Schneider in the end has been a huge disappointment again. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, you know, last night looked pretty impressive, even in the shootout uh, for the victory in Winnipeg. And, and so from that perspective, they seem to be doing a lot of stuff and seem to be pointing the, uh, the boat in the right direction. It's just that uh, with the changes they made, it takes time. A uh, ton of pressure on Jack Hughes. A ton of pressure on PK. You know, make no mistake about it. PK Subban, who's a larger-than-life personality, yes, he is. You know, has, to find it, has to find a way to fit into John Hines' system. And so from that perspective, it wasn't going to happen overnight. And what you, what you do know, what you do know is that if they had had decent goaltending, I think their record would be far better Agreed. than it is right now. Hundred, They should have beaten Edmonton, the game that the Oilers won in the shootout. They should have won that night. John Shannon, our NHL insider, joining us. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Edmonton and St. Louis night. John, we're, this, this, uh, this Wednesday uh, hit we're going to do each week is going to be more league-related. And I want to talk to you about Chicago and L.A. paying the price for winning. You could even maybe to a certain extent include San Jose, but I'm not prepared. Like, to me, it's clear Chicago and L.A., eh, I don't know, maybe Chicago isn't rebuilding. L.A. is definitely rebuilding. Chicago looks at times like they're rebuilding. And, yeah. uh, and San Jose uh, had horrible metrics going until last night. You know, their power play and penalty kill were over, you know, like 112 or 113 percent, and they were still 4 and 10 and 1. But those three teams, Chicago, L.A., and, and, and San Jose, have been pretty good teams in the West for a while, and they're each going through some challenging times. They are. Uh, and, and let's face it, I, I, I think there's a vast difference of the approach of the two clubs. Uh, first of all, I, uh, Rob Blake can never admit it, but I would suggest they are tanking. I think they want to tank. Uh, I think they want to find a way to improve themselves through the draft, which is why when they've been moving players, they've been giving a ton of draft picks. 
I think there's a ton more patience in Los Angeles with what's happened with that market uh, and ownership. Uh, and I think that Luke Robitaille understands that as well. I don't think there's near the understanding uh, with what's happened in Chicago. I think Stan Bowman's under a ton of pressure from John McDonough and, and the Wirtz family to improve this hockey club. Uh, particularly when they, I, I, Bob, I think that they thought the second half of last season they were back over the hump. Yep. Uh, and they, things were going in the right direction. Uh, Alex DeBrinkett had come from nowhere, really, and scored 40 goals. Uh, there was a ton of positive stuff happening, and now they've just gone flat. I mean, last night in San Jose, I don't know if you were watching, Bob, yep. at one point the shots were 25-5. to five. Yep. 25-5 for San Jose. Now, the Blackhawks did play an impressive third period, but at the same time, you can ill afford to do that. And I shuddered to think where the Blackhawks would have been last night without Robin Leonard, who's obviously now the number one goalie in Chicago. Well, it's interesting, right? I mean, they've, they've told Doc he's staying. Uh, Strom is struggling. And they moved out of Nisimov, who kind of protected Strom a bit in the back half of last year. You yeah. know, and um, you know, and I, they they went and got Shaw, who gives them a little bit more bite. I get. No, was it Shaw? No, it was Smith. Yes, Andrew, well, I got Andrew Shaw back from Montreal. Yes, but and, but Shaw they got back. Zach Smith in the deal for Nisimov. Right. And I gotta tell you, I, that kind of struck me as like, I loved Zach Smith four years ago, but in this day and age in the NHL, I don't love him as much. There's something a little off with that Chicago. Saying that, they beat Edmonton this year at home. And yeah. Detroit, who's got one win in twelve, that one win at home was against Edmonton. So you know, the Black the Blackhawks are the, the the Blackhawks are still trying to dine out a little bit on the Stanley Cup championships. Okay, which is why they went and got Andrew Shaw back. You know, Shaw was a real hero in those last two Stanley Cups, and so they had to bring a fan favorite back. And we've seen this before in Chicago. Brandon Saad got brought back. Patrick Sharp got brought back. I mean, they have tried to bring players back that fans in Chicago could identify with that didn't necessarily help the organization. Uh, and, and that's, that's short-term short -term gain, I think, for long-term pain. And in the end, the Blackhawks are going to pay for it. What it does speak to me, Bob, is volumes. If you look at this decade, and, and believe it or not, Reed and I talked about this last week, when you look at what the Hawks and the Kings are going through, just marvel at what the Boston Bruins and the Pittsburgh Penguins have done recently in the last four or five years. They're the other Stanley Cup champions from this decade, and they seem to be able to continue to regenerate new young players, and they have good, solid, long-term deals with their superstars. That's the and key. that that is good quality management. Don Sweeney in Boston and Jim Rutherford and his gang in Pittsburgh. Well, you only got Crosby at $8.7 million. Right, and you look, you look at Boston, and what's Bergeron been making for all these years is a terrific two-way centerman. Under, Absolutely, uh, under six and a half. I mean, Krejci makes more, and you know that's the one. That's the one. But when you got Marchand and Bergeron both, and Pasternak, like Pasternak's at six six. Well, David Pasternak's deal is is an outstanding. Yeah, deal. but you, and so you got that that whole line. What do I call them? The perfection line in uh, Boston. That trio of guys are all under seven million bucks. I mean, it's well, and, and you look, you talk about Sid. You know, Sid's contract was one of the last. You know, double-digit deal, thirteen-year yep. deal. Yeah, and and that was Pat Brisson and and uh, and at that time Ray Shiro, trying to make sure that they were they were guaranteed Crosby for the for his whole career, 
uh, and it's paid dividends for both sides. And I mean, I know Sid's happy. He loves playing in Pittsburgh, uh, loves the loves the environment. Uh, but it's certainly been beneficial to the franchise. John, uh, just on San Jose, I have a lot of respect for what San Jose has done, and but they made a move on the culture of their team side when they prioritized signing Evander Kane over Joe Pavelski. And so here's the thing. Any other year, I'd say, nope, they're going to be fine. But they don't have Pavelski. And for me, he was a huge leader. I don't think they have the same depth up front. Uh, now, they got a uh, defenseman back that, you know, can help them out a bit because he's a physical guy, eases the minutes and the workload a bit on their top two right shot guys with Burns and, and Carlson there. Let's not forget, Ottawa has San Jose's first-round pick this year. Oh, I know. But what? listen, to me, there are five people that are the... You're right about the Pavelski thing. I mean, Joe Pavelski was the San Jose Sharks for, uh, yeah. in so many ways on and off the ice. But they have more than $25.5 million in, in those three guys on the blue line, in Blastic, Burns, and Carlson. And they haven't performed to that you know, almost $26 million number so far this season. And then, you know, we, we talked about goaltending in... Uh, in, in Chicago, we talked about it out in New Jersey. Martin Jones and Aaron Dell have not delivered at all in San Jose, and that puts Peter DeBoer in a really tough spot. Any other coaches in tough spots just to wrap up at this time? Well, I, I, th- you know, the, I think the thing to talk, talk about there is that everybody assumes guys are in trouble because they're not winning, but there are times it doesn't make sense. I mean, there's lots of discussion in Detroit about Jeff Blaschel. It doesn't make any sense for Steve Eiserman, who's in in his first uh, time around as the manager in Detroit, uh, to make a change now. In, in my mind, in my mind, a, a coach on a at a team with a new manager, that coach is kind of like a bulletproof vest, and and the, the manager has to decide at which point to take the vest off, and it's far too early because you get that much closer to your own firing when you when you change the coach. You get that much more, lot closer to criticism when you get rid of the coach. I think it's way too early for a lot of places. You have to wonder about Jeremy Calton in Chicago. I mean, this thing it, it, has it worked in Chicago, and uh, and then you know you you wonder about, too about John Cooper of what's going on in 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 Tampa. But at the same time, I think for uh, for everybody, it's far too early to worry about coaches being changed. John, great stuff. We'll talk again. Okay, right on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That's our NHL insider, John Shannon. It's 148 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout, come back with this day in Oilers history, and hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Darnell Nurse uh, won in a World Junior Championship back in 2015 with Connor McDavid. Oilers with a couple prospects selected in the second round of NHL drafts, trying to make that team, uh, both in the Quebec League. Uh, Raphael Lavoie last night, 
who is the Oilers' uh, second pick, 38th overall. This past year's draft, uh, he ended up with two goals, including the game winner in OT as the Quebec League beat Russia 4-3. Uh, Lebois with 2-1-3 and three last night, scored uh, the night before as well. So he's uh, helped his cause for sure. And uh, Olivier Rodrigue, the goaltender, stopped 25-28 last night to get the victory as well. He was the Oilers' second-round pick, uh, 62nd overall. Uh, one of their two second-round picks, Ryan McLeod being the other, uh, Rod Rigg back in 2018. To this day in Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel. Join Oilers uh, now for two great road trips coming up to Chicago or Florida. Both packages include great game tickets. Uh, you can reach out to New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. On this day back in 2003, Fernando Pisani and Ethan Moreau each have a goal and an assist. The Oilers played with a 3-3 tie at the Corral Center against the Ottawa Senators. Tommy Salo, 31-34 saves for Edmonton. They moved to 5-5-2 in the season. The Oilers did not make the playoffs in 0-3-0-4. So they were 5-5-2, uh, 12 games into the year. The Oilers are 16 games into the season right now. Again, we talked about that affecting the numbers with Mark Spector. Uh, early, was it last week? but maybe why scoring numbers were a little bit up uh, throughout the end of October. And uh, I thought it was because more games have been played, and obviously uh, teams started a week later back in the, the 2003-04 season. Oilers didn't miss the playoffs by much in 03-04, as I recall. They were right there. Uh, anyhow, uh, Edmonton uh, will be taking on the St. Louis Blues tonight. Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, a little bit snake bit offensively. He got just one goal in 16 games. He's even on the year. He's 53.8% in the faceoff circle. Playing 19.36 per game. Let's get to a one-on-one conversation with him. Brian, uh, tonight a, a step up in weight class uh, for the Oilers against the, I mean, look, the reigning Stanley Cup champs, and this team has played you guys hard over the last several years, haven't they? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, they always play hard. Um, every game I've seen them play, I mean, they definitely play hard. They come out flying. Um, so we, we expect that tonight. Uh, we know we're going to get... Uh, usually coming off back to back, two teams start off a little bit uh, quicker just because they've uh, they just played the night before. So um, we got to prepare for that and uh, make sure that we have our pushback and uh, dictate the play uh, in our own building uh, right from the get go. If you get some power plays, uh, we're seeing a little bit more of Alex Chase on. Maybe there'll end up being a, a split or something in terms of the deployment there. Uh, how does it change for you personally uh, on that left side half boards uh, on the power play uh, if Chase is in there as opposed to James Neal? right shot versus a left shot. Uh yeah, the right shot for me is um, it just gives me more of an out, I guess. Uh, if, I, if I get stuck out there and he can present his stick, uh, a little easier as a right-hand shot out there. So um, it changes a little bit, but uh, not too much. I mean, we just gotta we gotta find a way to uh, to to get a couple. I mean, uh, at least get us momentum, not give up anything. But I mean, we gotta gotta find a way to get back on uh, on track here and uh, get rolling again on the power play. The team is uh, 10, uh, 10 four and two. And uh, you're sitting there with, uh, you know, 53% uh, up in the face-off. So obviously that's part of your game. Uh, obviously you'd like to get a goal here at some point. But how do you sort of weigh the personal success the team's having and you doing some of the other little things uh, with, uh, you know, maybe not having any puck luck? I mean, you've had two pucks get deflect in off of James Neal this year. You've hit about four goal posts as well. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing things well out there. I feel like I'm uh, playing well. I feel good out there, um, getting my chances and stuff. It's, uh, uh, I mean, I, I do need to find a way to put them in. It's uh, that's the bottom line. And uh, uh, whether the bounces haven't gone my way or not, it's uh, I just got to get back to that. But I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't want to think too hard about it. Grip my stick too tight. I mean, it's uh, it's early in the season. We're having success.
success as a team. Uh, I've been feeling good, and, uh, and like you said, I mean, I hit four or five posts, and yeah, a couple uh, banked off neither there, so um, it could uh, could be a lot different already. So I know that, and uh, I just got to keep it, kind of keep that in my mind, stay positive here, and uh, just keep pushing. Are you just getting stronger in the faceoffs physically, or have you focused on something? Because this is this is the best stretch you had. Um, well, I think it's some confidence in there too. Confidence goes a long way. It's about kind of just keeping uh, strength is obviously important in there too, and that's uh, I mean something that I've been working on over the years and uh, trying to get stronger in there. And um, and so I feel like I'm, I'm I still know I can take steps to get better and better, and uh, I want to keep pushing to uh, to be um, to be a good. Uh, face-off guy but I mean it's gonna it's it's not easy I mean there's a lot of good I mean tonight we were, we're playing against some really high-end uh, face-off guys so uh, it'll be a good challenge but uh, I want to keep uh, getting better in that aspect too. You know Bozak and O'Reilly both over 56 percent uh, sorry you won't be able to get this three and a half minutes back from your life. That's all right thanks Bo. That is Ryan Newton Hopkins great guy. Uh, Oilers tonight against the St. Louis Blues. The uh, face-off show is at 5.30. Puck drop. No, the face-off show is at 5. Puck drop is at 6.30. This is a national broadcast tonight for NHL Hockey on Rogers. Tomorrow for Canadian Power Pack, Brian Burke will also hook up with Louis DeBrusque. And maybe we'll talk to one of Louis' former teammates as well from back in the day. Stay tuned on that front. Speaking of uh, stay tuned, up next, a global uh, news weather traffic update with Eileen. We've got the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jayla Knight. Special thanks today to uh, Angie Quinnell for hopping the board for us back at the 6.30 Chet Studios and Dave Campbell for helping produce the show. Reminder, Dave and Morley will have the Eskimo playoff encounter Sunday. We'll have the game uh, for you. The Edmonton Eskimos, the Montreal Alouettes in the crossover. That's Sunday morning. That's an early one. Uh, so good luck to the Eskimos there. We'll be back at her uh, tonight, 5.30. Oilers in St. Louis Blues. Again, up next, Eileen Bell with the Global News Weather Traffic Update, followed by 6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.